Three companies, disrupting what you know about marketing and branding. Welcome to M Squared. Welcome back to M Squared, a podcast about branding and marketing. I'm joined by co-host Mike Bloomfield, the Techie Geek. Anthony Rapp, a PR decision. What's up? What's up? And we decided not to have a guest today. We were taking a little bit of a break and kind of recalibrating. We've done about... 20 plus episodes that we've recorded to date now and we figure we just talk about what we've learned and where we're going what we're seeing and how this has been a successful collaboration so far it was an experiment at first but we've been knocking it out of the ballpark so has it been successful but we don't really like each other anymore but no for those That's of you you're jealous of my hair for those of you that don't true, know true story. because he forgot and dang Ryan. That's right. He forgot to introduce himself. He forgot. He was so pissed at you. That's why. So I'm not... Today, we're cross-branding. I'm wearing a different kind of a brand than we're typically used to seeing. So Locally Grown. It's one of the web series that we produce at SI Live Studios. And we're going to be having Christine Dehart and Robin Lefkowitz, who are the hosts from Salmon Real Estate and from Northfield Bank on in a couple of weeks as guests. And they're going to be talking about season two and how... Different kinds of marketing and advertising and branding have helped grow their personal brands. And now a segue to our sponsor, Locally Grown. <laughs> so well, what do we got today, fellas? Look, so we didn't have a guest, and I thought it was a good idea. Let's just get together. We've recorded the exact numbers, 20 to 25 episodes. We've had on we've between 60 to 75 guests. Because a number of the lives, a number yeah. of those recordings, like Cyborg, SIDC, we did be one of, one of them. I think we did twenty five like interviews, but I thought it'd be good to pull it back to where we are and let's have a conversation about what we've learned, struggles, right? How things have adapted, changed, what's been working, what maybe isn't working, and because there's other people out there, marketing and branding podcasts, listen to us that maybe are looking to do podcasting. And maybe some of what we've learned along the way could be a big help to them. So and I thought it was a good way to bring us all back together. I think the most interesting thing that's come out of this, for me at least, has been my, in the beginning, my inability to know when to speak. And I'm just talking frankly. So in other words, there's three of us. Typically on a podcast, there aren't three hosts, at least from what I've seen. Having three of us, not that it doesn't lend itself to more banter and more valuable insights, but what it does is... We have to look for, like in the very beginning, when we edit these, I'm looking at them. I know, I did it just now. Like I'm looking for that pause where I'm going to jump in to not step on anybody else's toes. I feel like I personally and all of us, whether we realize it or not, have gotten a lot better at that. Because out of the gate, when we were doing Moss and we were doing Brian, I was like jumping in and then you were laughing and then Dan was like asking the question. But I feel like now we've gotten our own sort of style and we know who's going to go and what we're going to talk about. You that get a flow. Yeah, you do. You get, it's absolutely Which we just ruined. Except Mike always <laughs> tries to talk over everybody. No, but, but... With my lisp. Do you agree or disagree <laughs> or you didn't even notice that? No, like, 100% agree. And that goes back to even when I did 150 live shows with our friend Moss. Right. And we used to have four people on live. As you go, you learn the flow. You learn how to read others. Sometimes it's tough, right? There's been Ro- uh, Rosella Rago. Right. That was a tough one. I will say the she one... She was fantastic. She, no, she was fantastic, but a tough one because you two were talking the whole time. And if you watch, <laughs> I didn't really get to speak that one. Like, I maybe one or two got to jump in you there. You got all the Bensonhurst kicks. I got the Bensonhurst yeah, kicks. But I, but think, I think you were intimidated. No, I don't think I it's intimidating. I will say no. What, what, what I think it well, is you guys do a better job at researching people. And that's my shortcoming, right? We know someone's coming on. I think Dan pretty much knows everybody because he's just the oracle, as we spoke about. The oracle. R- rap is in PR. He understands the importance of, hey, if I'm going to be interviewing this person, I need to go ahead and understand what this person does. I'm the IT guy who's understands Morgan branding, but maybe doesn't understand how to interview people fully. So you're like, Rosella's coming on, and I'm like, okay. And then I get in the room, and you guys are all like talking. I'm like, no idea what they're talking about. I think something, though, that has happened, right? Like, Rap, you have your journalism background, so you understand how to communicate questions to people. Right. For me, my, I was communication design 
background, right? So understanding how to evoke conversation with people is it's great, but to be able to do it on camera and, and do it well, I, from 37 episodes of season one on Dan on the Street, I didn't know any of the people. I didn't know how to pronounce their names sometimes. So I made it a point to sit with them, listen to them, and have them tell me their story first. So I was already thinking about questions to be able to bring up. And you watch what's important to them and what people take pride in and what people really want to share about their own self-story, their own brand, their own personal story. Once you understand that and spend that little bit of time, and not for nothing, in some of the beginning episodes, you're behind the scenes breaking your ass, setting all this stuff up because you're the one who figured out how to do it, right? You were the one taking the time on the board and being able to put together all the mics, the wires, everything that that makes this thing happen. And we just look wow. And we spend time, that time with the guest. I think it's important to really understand the person that you're speaking to because it makes for a better episode. A hundred percent does. And thankfully you're there because otherwise I'd be interviewing. I'd be like, hi, well, what do you do? No. Uh, yeah. You have a lot of, I'm trying to think like the episode with the Dado guy. Yeah, well, that's that my fantastic. guy. I brought him in. But either way, we should be able to converse except, with him in an intelligent way. Except, and I was like, uh. But you're right. So like with Rosella, at least I could talk about food. Once we brought it back to food, I'm like, oh, that looks good because clearly I know food. <laughs> but it's, it, it, it is tough. Interviewing is tough. Now, and then we talk about things we've learned, right? One of the hardest things on this, and you're, you've mentioned that you're doing it a little more too, is the whole egging, right? Up until now, we've had David helping, but most of the egging fell on me in terms of the episodes themselves. Right, the heavy lift. All That's the, the reels, and which is heavy lift as well, different, is on you. And, like, people love the silly sound effects, but those are so hard to edit because now if there was a point you want to clip out, right. but your mid raps rant going, you can't just, like, now clip it, right? When you start to watch an episode, as you edit, you're, you start to learn when I'm watching other podcasts, now I'm like, oh, they're clipping. It's cut scene. Right. There's it's all scenes. You don't realize how much it's cut. Now, we really try not to cut a lot of ours, but of course, there's always going to be something you might need to clip, get rid of it. You don't realize until you're watching. You're like, okay, probably should clip that out. But things like that, people laugh at the sound effects, but it's so crazy of just how much more complex it can make things. So there's also things that I think that you've learned along the way, like easier ways to edit. Just editing an episode in Premiere was taking 20 hours. Yes. But being able to use other sorts of software technology and things like that, that that you researched and brought into this makes it significantly better. It eliminates the time, makes ourselves more efficient, right? right. Like it, and it gets us to a point where we have the ability to do this once a week. Finding like the black magic and, and experiment, it's a great piece of hardware. And it really helps to and what it puts together. And then, of course, we have someone behind the scenes because it helps speed up the editing because there goes that clip. Right. But no, can't use it. Can't use it. But no, having someone behind the scenes and being able to work the board and almost in live cut, right? If I'm talking. That's what I was going to say. But now it becomes hard for Edit. the person behind the scene, especially when you're in an interview, to know because maybe I ask a question. There's three of us. That he's not going to know who's going to ask the next question for the guest. When the question is asked, you could go back to the guest, but you don't know who's going to then ask the follow-up. But I think that's part of finding the ebbs and flows, too, right? That's having that person on the other side of the room. Once they start watching us for a while, they know when you're going to cut in. They know when, you know, you probably you start to have tells. Yeah, People lean into the mic. You could use your hand. I wave. Motion, something. Yeah. <laughs> you want to say No, yeah. but, but you almost, can going, almost going into the episode... Shooting it. So the joke is that you, you hear my say it all the time and, and, and a couple other clients that I always tell them, speak in sound bites. And I mean that. I've said that since the day we opened. Speak in sound bites because no one wants to hear the, the rap's rant, right? They want to hear the, the sound bite that could be used, the quote. You're not, it's not an autobiography. It's an article in the advance. And it needs to be what happened, where, when, why, and how. When Prado first came on and when David was doing it too, I would try and tell them, listen, look at the finished product. Don't worry about what's here. Think about what you're going to edit. Prado may say my hand right now is out of frame. So here he knows that's garbage. And in theory, he could know when he does this, it's not going to work. You just picked up your phone 10 seconds ago. So we're not going to want to see that. So he should have already in his mind known, known where it was or cut to a different camera. So if you, can, if you do it in advance and film it not to record it and absorb it, film it to edit, it becomes much, much more efficient. And that looking at 100%. 
Like that's certain things. Like if the black magic, like it would be so cool if you're listening, black mag, like black magic, to be able live to almost hit markers, because inside like the Da Vinci Resolve where we edit. So when we leave this, I pull the hard drive out, and we actually have a Da Vinci Resolve file that's clipped to all the videos we switch, and then we can make changes and, and cut flow and cut, but. In the pro software, there's the ability to put markers. Hey, lower third here. Do this here. Maybe there was something important. That would be a great ability for someone hit a button that auto. There's no plugin for that. There's no. I don't know on the app hardware. On there might be. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'll probably be able to go research and see. And there probably is something. But yes, because it's a good idea. It, because that's the whole point is to be able to mark it and now jump to markers. Right. We were going on for 15 minutes before we actually did the episode. Right. right. And then. Prego's like, all right, now I'm going to have to know you jumping. I was like, fade the black for 30 seconds and just look know. for the 30 seconds. But yeah, it would have been great if he hit the marker. And it's like you know, when you're filming live and you're like, editor's note, cut. Except we're the people and there's only one one person on the camera, so it's hard for us to say it. The guest will be like, why are you talking yeah, right. to yourself? <laughs> and, 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 and that's tough too, right? We've been very lucky. We've had really good guests. Good communicators. But sometimes it is hard because I go back and I think when I first was being interviewed by people before you get comfortable in a camera, right? Yeah. This is something you get used to. And the more you do it, the easier. But like when you're being interviewed, they, the first thing they tell you is look at me. Don't look at the camera. And then sometimes you're interviewing someone and you're like, hey, thanks. It's they great. And you, and you want to be like, stop looking right. at the camera. This is you're supposed to be focusing on me. Imagine it's invisible. And the other thing that we do that oh. a lot of other people don't do is we do it two ways, right? So we do the video Mm -hmm. the video podcast, and we also do the traditional audio podcast. And by that, when we're uploading, and we use Podbean, right? So when we're using Podbean, it's not like any other platform where you're just simply taking the audio, downloading it, and pushing it out. We have two separate files, two separate uploads, two separate yep. sets of transcripts, two separate sets of captions. I guess time will tell if it's worth all the extra effort, but in reality, we're but, doing double the work just to even disseminate it. And I think it is worth it because that is the one thing if you look, right, so where we are now, YouTube, just what, two weeks ago, now has podcasts. So we are moving podcasts to going from audio only. Yes, there's the benefit of audio only being in your car and having that, but you're seeing the move to video podcasts. And different that really audiences. is different audiences, but they're saying that's going to be the next, well, that's, like that's taking over. That's huge, though. We've talked about this a handful of times, number mm -hmm. two search engine in the world. You got YouTube out there. Yep. So... It's great that we were forward thinking in it and doing it. We were just playing around with it, but it's that's the trend that's leading right now. And then the, and the thing I like about that is with the egging, I've tried to add different things. Right? If you look at Wardranger Fins, which it's is fantastic, is, which is what's the handle? Shout them out. Where are they? At, at the A and F show. At I the A and F show. More podcasts. I'll, I'll put in the lower third here. I'm in his chair. I'm in his chair. Took and, over Times Square the other day. Yeah, we took over Times Square, but I like. They love doing it, but really the what I like about that is it's my experiment. It's my chance to experiment with new different things and make it more interactive, use the tools. That was what it really started out was, hey, sit down. I want to work this and see how it flows and how I can it. And I love putting like the cuts and the elephant shows up. Yeah, but, yeah. And the more. But it's a great show. Like it's great it's, to watch. It, we're teaching them. Right. You teach them. There's light years ahead of kids who aren't exposed to this because- Biggest fear is public speaking, right? Yeah. Ahead of death. And now you have your kids in here who are talking into microphones, looking at cameras, talking to it's people. Great. You may have the next actor and actress of you our time maybe sitting here or the next podcasters of our generation. And even just watching six or seven episodes, I think they are, you see them get better. Right. Like, it, and, and you talk about flow. They've even like a, a six and a, a seven year old have learned it. how to right. ping back and forth, take time and, and turn. They've but, come up with their own ideas. They've come up with the, the show and tell. They've come up with having a guest on. They want right. to be able to do things that is, it's pretty advanced for a six and seven year old. And it's, for me, this is, it's an outlet for what our kids are consuming. And they're watching through a screen on a regular basis. And they're getting an opportunity to actually be, be part of it and have something yeah. that's their own. What do you think that'll, their faces will look like? 30 years from now when they pull up on, I'm sure Apple will never go away, on Apple right. iPod or and then Apple Podcast. They're going to see it on YouTube and they're going to watch them. Before that's the wedding. Like, right before the wedding. Yeah, right. yeah. That that's, Mike's going to pay for it. Yeah, that, that's fair. You should pay for that. Is it, I think you should pay for it. It's fair. It is, it's just fair. I think it is the wife's family. It's right? fair. Yeah, it's fair. That's, that's how it goes. Sucks. Yes. 
<laughs> so you heard um, it here live. You heard that's it probably here. that's Actually, gonna be, that'll gonna, be Bloomfield's in, rant in thirty years. That's he'll be like, Mike, you see you here, said back it. you said it. I just have it as proof. No, and I love using it as an experiment. And I but I've been trying to do more in the editing with that. And the more you move to the video editing, the more you can make it fun. But the problem is you add all these fun things into the video, right? You talk about something that pops up. If it's audio only, it's not there. Right. So I personally like to transition the video because I like all that. The more the YouTube stuff I watch, I like the things that pop up on the screen. We're talking things. It's showing up. It serves us better that you... So we do it... I mean, I don't know how anybody does it real, right? Because I don't know any professional podcasters who make a million dollars a year, but... The way we do it, I think, is a little different from others because we take your finished product in video format and then we rip the audio. So I wonder if we do it differently because, to your point, you don't see it all, but we base it on that. So I wonder if we ripped it the other way, if it would make a difference, if, if you would care about it as much. No, I don't know. But I just like the stuff in there. But, yeah, yeah. It's the egg but, and But the, the next the thing, I'm not going to egg it by any means. Right? But I've, everything is good. I've learned how to do it. But I'm not that artistic. I'm, I'm weird, right? I they have enough that. to be dangerous. You're obsessive. But uh, yeah, and I like to learn. And I want to become the best. I'm very obsessive, but I'm also not very artistic, right? I am. It's like weird because I, I am and I'm not. You're creative. But, but I am and I'm not, right? You get a real editor in here who's really creative. I can't imagine how amazing it could be. Yeah, I make it work. It looks good. It's better than most. But like when I go on YouTube, and again, I'm watching a lot of the podcast I watch, multi-million dollars right. a year podcast. They about, have yeah. a team of 20 editors. Yeah, so they don't get there right away. You, you don't get, no, you go back and watch some of these old ones. And that's the tough one, right? And that's the thing we've spoken about. We did our social experiment, right? <laughs> we didn't release an episode until we recorded after like 10 episodes or whatever, even more. Because in fairness, we didn't know what the hell we were doing or how to release it. Right? Well, we did, but we didn't did, have the ability we, to edit. We, yeah. we were fine recording right. them. We had to edit them. Then right. we had to do everything else. And that was we, self-inflicted, though. Some, it, of the, some of those problems were like... Right, yes, because we were just kept booking and booking. And, and we also all have real jobs and companies and right. families. We're not making millions right. on if, YouTube. If that this is what we could do. We would sit here all day. But you did an excellent job at taking the reels and doing that, and we were building this following. It was like that whole social experiment. So even without an episode... We did. <laughs> we had it. However, we, we I you know, Scott Satara, I think, brought this up that it doesn't have to be look the best. Right. And it doesn't. However, to me, it has to look the best. Because like, you're that's, a part of it and you did it. And that's, that's my why. obsessive personality. And that and the things that do that and make it very tough is I love the episodes on the go. It's different, right? When we went to sure. the Ferry Hawks, when we went when we go to the events, I love it. Because we are out. It's different. So much work. <laughs> yeah. It's like the one thing you don't see behind the scenes is, every, like right now, we have one set of equipment. So it's ripping this equipment down, breaking it up, pelican cases, going, putting it up, hours up, lying. Like, it's a lot of work. But we do it because, yes, can we go and hold a camera? And we tried to do it more raw at the fest that we, we'll you know, that that we just out. did. How it's going to turn out? It's probably going to turn out exactly how we think. It's probably going to be just some fun, small clips and some good stuff. The thing that, that we... That might get viewed more just because of it's funny and it's got a lot of action. And it might be. Right? The difference, the fact that we strapped a GoPro to your golf cart <laughs> and you're just cruising around, right. yeah, that's going to be fun. And But it's different, right? And it's... We have two other events coming up, and I like doing it, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, God, two that? other events. right? Hold that? And it's not just my day. It's my staff. I, we knew we were recording today. I had to have one of my staff members spend three hours to reset the room back up, and that's I bought extra stuff, at least so cables. Now we don't pull the cables back and forth, so at least the cables just coil up and stay, and now we don't have to pull everything out. But it's work. But... Can you do it other ways? Can you be out there starting up a podcast and do it on your phone and not make it? Of course you can. But we're, I'm obsessive, and I think all th we, all three of us, we want to look the best it can. So there we go. We bring everything. You're talking about the best you can and looking the best. It's very difficult for you to be the talent all the time, isn't it, bro? That's right. It's got to be difficult. Well, let's talk about the rant. What's your rant today? Talk. Oh, now I have a rant? We now we're going to jump back? My rant was going to be... Um, for today's now we got that. He was a little slow on that one. He's learning. I know. 
the original rant was going to be perceived value versus actual value. Cause I've been running into this a lot and I've been having conversations with business owners that we all know. And it's, you can go to company a and get this and it looks the same, feels the same, acts the same for 20 bucks. And you can get something that looks exactly the same, acts the same, everything. And it's 500 bucks. But the client sometimes doesn't understand the difference or the value. And I think what we all do very well, and I'll say very well, because I'm confident in all of our abilities, is that we go above and beyond to provide the extra value that warrants the extra money. Like how many times do I break your chops, even on the show? Oh yeah, Michael protects you, but you better but a lot be of that's prepared in to pay relationship. for a mortgage. Right. Right. A, lot, it's a lot of that's in relationship though. It's not this. It's not a, a, like a tangible that you have. The, Correct. The, the added value is what you get in working with us. And it's, it's passion, it's effort, it's caring about what you do and who you work for. And it's right. built on customer service and the understanding that we will always give 120% no matter what. We won't take something on if we're not going to be able to, to handle it because it's not good for anybody. Right? Right. It's not even like swinging above your weight. You're, you could damage somebody's reputation, their career, their brand, and you never want to do that. And we're the best in our craft. And that's really what makes us different. But it's hard because, yes, when you have a tangible item like that laptop, there's specs you could compare, right? Yes, all right, here's this is a little, but every, in all of our industries, IT, PR, marketing, advertising, right? That doesn't exist. There's no, no two proposals are ever apples to apples. It's always and apples to oranges. Unique, right. And that's why it's unique. And the, the hardest part of what I do and sure what you do when you sit with new clients and trying to get them the value is you have to show why me, right? why are you paying the premium for me? You're paying the premium for me because I am the best. I do come in there and my, we're going to protect you. And you're, we're, I'm not coming and selling IT as a commodity. I'm not coming in with a menu and going, hey, here's a menu. Pick and choose what you want. Right. No, you're calling me in the first place because you have a problem and you don't know how to solve that problem. You don't go buy a house or build a house and sit down with the builder and pick what sheetrock and what plywood and what studs you're going to put in the house. You give them architectural plans, they review it and they say, "Here's what I'm going to here's how I'm going to build it." And that's the hardest part to get get to people. Yeah, we cost more, but you get a a solution that meets exactly what you need. And there's lots of people that don't get it. And then we get a lot of people or clients or even just friends whatever we're helping that'll buy or go with the lesser option and then months later come back and you have to correct what you warned them about or you told them about and then it's cost them more it costs them more money right so now you don't like i don't sell anything and i always i say that all the time i've never sold pr like we don't we don't advertise obviously we don't do anything if we're a client or if we have a relationship it's because it's been a referral that's how my business has been since day one but to speak to someone who's been referred to me and then they say, oh, I don't think you should do this. Then they go, they'll go somewhere else and they'll come back and it's all broken. And then you almost feel bad to tell them that like you were right and then you charge them. So I feel like what we do is unique in that it's not just cut and dry. It's like we sell ideas, we sell our time, we sell the ability to get people from A to B, but the cost of fuel is different. Yeah. And... We just had a, a conversation with one of my sales girls who was at an event yesterday and speaking with someone and talking about why we start with a cybersecurity risk assessment and the importance of that because no different than when you go, a doctor can't just prescribe a solution. They got to understand where you are, right? And another competitor was sitting next and turned and said, no, no, cybersecurity risk assessments, they're not needed. You should be able to quote it. That's just you trying to sell something then by scaring them. And that's the mentality and same way in, in with you, that's right? Sales. That's the, that, right. That's, that's the Because sa- he's thinking he like a sales. Right. He's thinking like sales. Yes. He's might be out there using that as a sales tactic. We're not using it as a sales tactic. We're using framework. it as the framework and the necessity because I need to make sure that I come in and I understand the whole picture. And I need you to understand the whole picture because there's probably risk and issues that you don't know about. And I'm not here to scare you. I'm here to educate you about what you don't know because you're not an IT expert and show you this risk that exists. And in the end, now you might understand that 
this is important for me to spend a little more money on for a provider that's going to help solve your problems rather than just purchase what you tell them to purchase. That's right. not someone that's taking care of you or your organization. That's someone who's just helping you to buy solutions. I think for me personally, like the, there's been in, in the 10 years working at the advance from walking in the door there, there's been like an evolution of what sales is, what we're positioning, who we're positioning, how we're, Am I a salesperson or am I a community partner and leader and a thought leader and somebody who cares about where we live and where my kids go to school? And we were joking around about it earlier, but people do ask, like, who and what brand? Where are you? What are you doing? What are you representing? What do you actually do for a living? I don't know. I had a conversation with uh, a very prominent attorney on the island the other day. Um, you guys know him. You know his son. And he asked me to sit down with him because he said, I don't know what you do. I know you Sounds for like 10 what years. what my wife tells me every day when I I don't know what dinner. you do. Are you a podcast? Are you a brand? Are you working for the hospital? Are you working for the Grace Foundation? Are you working for... Are you he's working just for, the talent. Are you he's working for talent. Techie Geek? He's he really does think he's the talent. He knows he's the talent. The, they he don't, loves the, it. You don't see behind the scenes is what you do, but the people watching is how when we do go on the road, he just shows up at time of recording. Oh, yeah, right? he don't care. If we set up, you, you usually I show up to help. I always show up. I know my strength. I'm in, I'm in the gutter <laughs> with you. I show up all the he time. He shows up. Where should I sit? And so but for as much fun. I want to tie as, to out the best camera angle on my hair. Of course. Yeah. Where your face looks best on the step and repeat because you're on all five of them. But to your credit, because I break your chops a lot, but to your credit, you have reinvigorated the advanced brand. And I speak from a lot of companies because quite honestly, and I've told you this, where I sit in this room is I'm almost the intermediary, right, between clients and you because I have the ability to either drive tons of revenue toward the advance sure. and recommend it to everyone because if I recommend it, they're going to use it. Or I have the ability to, to not recommend. And put it to billboards. We're never going to do that. We'll never put it to billboards. <laughs> but no, but I, is different from 10 years ago till now. Right, that's my point because the point being is there were other sales reps that we've discussed that I've worked with previously. They're all great guys, nothing personal against them, but... I almost didn't know enough about what it was they were trying to offer, right? And like, you didn't see them. I never met them. I never met them. You, you know, you give them 10, 15, you, 20 thousand behind the phones. Right. And this is what I want. Here's the CPM. Here's where I want it to appear. Give me a leaderboard, a billboard, blah, blah. Done. Staten Island's like a really unique market. And well, you've and turned it around, is what I'm saying, to your credit, because people know you. And but they didn't at first. They want to so. give you money. Uh, but Which is a, an important thing. It's a tough market to break into because the 500,000 people that are on this island, so many of the like native Staten Islanders, you grew up together. Right. You, you guys are doing business together. This is a, an island rich of entrepreneurs, which is not, it's not the same here. And I didn't understand that walking in. I so would. walking into a cocktail party or an event for the chamber or for the EDC or for one of these different things that's out there, you guys grew up together. You were already friends. You already had it there. You'd be able to get a drink and, and hang out and, and socialize beyond what it was. It took me, it took years for me to be able to almost be trusted yeah, and to like understand people. like, I'm oh, sure this guy isn't just, this guy isn't just a salesperson. He's, he's not a sales, like he's not just a salesperson. Like he's right. in it for the community. Yeah. He's here. So I and, think community and, ambassador or community partner, yeah. that should be your title. Yeah, I actually don't know what your real title is, vice president or important things. See, he, I don't think he knows. Right, but so I'm working on it. Community, <laughs> it's a working community product. partner is a great. That's a great right. thing. What's your title? Community partner. <laughs> work and, in progress. And what you said, Stalin is filled with entrepreneurs, right? I'm gonna almost pull it back a little and say Stalin is filled with accidental entrepreneurs. Hundred percent. So, which is for those who don't know, it's those are the people that love their craft and realize, look. Me, I'm an accidental entrepreneur. I loved IT. I've worked for corporate America. I went worked for a small business and realized I wanted to work on my own and was able to take things I've learned from working in corporate, working in a small business, and then craft my own business and start this. And here we are, team of 13, 10 years, biggest MSP on Staten Island, and it's accidental. Now there is. Imagine the, if you tried. You, made, you, made, you ranked in the top five hundred in the nation, though, too, right? Five hundred, top five hundred in the world, yes, of MSP five hundred one. Others on the island have done that, but they're part of a franchise. Right? The franchise is who was really 
we're not a franchise. And that's not why, yet. not yet. And but give us a call if you want to get started. <laughs> but, and there's nothing more rewarding than when I've had conversations. They're like, oh, how'd you get into this franchise? Like Tech Geek. I'm like, it's not. What do you mean? Like the marketing, everything is great. I'm like, yeah, it's just I have ideas and I just tell them to people. Sometimes they're terrible and sometimes they're good. And I have great people behind me. We'll send them a potato. Send them a potato. Send them a potato. But the, the and accidental entrepreneurs are great, but they're also not always great because it goes back to what we're talking about. They don't understand sometimes what business, right? When you have a, a, a revenue stream and income, there's a, a percentage of that's supposed to go to marketing. PR, IT, right? And some of these smaller accidental entrepreneurs just think that everything that comes in should go in their pocket and don't understand that in, in business is you have to spend money to make money. Your business has an upkeep. And if you don't keep building into your, your business and you don't keep building your pipeline, eventually that pipeline full is going to slow, dry up, and you have nothing coming in. And every business, you know, right? my goal is to just grow. I'm not... I'm never happy with what I have, right? I'm happy with the goals we hit, but I don't want to stop. If Complacency you, is death. If you're right, if you well, get complacent, if you, in every situation, uh -huh. business, life, marriage, pick a topic. Complacency is death. Right. Once, Once you're, you're comfortable, you're done. You might yeah. just roll over and die. I'm never happy. I'm never. Last like two months ago or last month, we added in our business thirty thousand dollars a month in what we call MR, monthly reoccurring revenue. That's a huge month for us, right? The ability to add $360,000 a year of revenue. Some people will be like, all right, sit back, more money in my pocket. No, what do I do? Reinvesting into my business, going hire more staff, planning to grow because now it's, my goal is I don't want it to be $30,000 a month. I want it to be now that becomes the norm and we're working towards adding $100,000 a month every month of current revenue and and and. But how do you do that without losing customers is I keep adding staff. I keep right. growing. So as we're growing, we're not forgetting about the people we already have. People that got you to where you are, right? Because those More are the same people you see you on your beginning. way down. Right. And, and that's one thing I, I always tell my staff is I don't care who they are. If they're one of our first clients and maybe they don't pay us because obviously – I realized as I was 10 years in business, I was giving it away at some point. You can't forget those I'm people. I'm notorious for that too. Don't feel bad. I feel like we all give it away. You give you it away, right. right. You, you just, and there's a difference, right? As, as you're growing a business, there's a difference on, hey, I'm trying to grow my business and start. I'm, I'm, I need every dollar I can to get into it versus you get to a point where you realize this is a business. I would love as much as I can, but there's a cost of doing business and I need to make sure we're making money. And- we're all in business to make money, right? We're not, you don't wake up and I, I love what I do, but I still need to make money. Right. I like, I'm not here to give it away. You got to pay for all your fancy cars, your, your yeah, toys, here your office. We go. Mostly the toys. Mostly, Mostly toys. the toys. I did get to buy two toys this week. But I didn't hey, it, was, it was a good I month. I hadn't bought toys in weeks, in months. In it months. Was, Look at his face. Months. He's like a little kid. I got um, to buy toys. Like he, he feels guilty. Like you I should feel guilty. Like he should have bought a third. You, what, <laughs> what did you buy your wife this month? I hate you. Wow. That's what about cut. the girls? What'd you buy the girls? The girls get toys all the time. They just, Nicole buys them stuff all the time. Good. I buy them cards and we open cards together. I would like to do that on live. I've done it on live. That's, I love watching people like break cards and stuff. That's a lot of work to edit too. Because then I try to do stuff like I, and then I'm like, wait, I have to edit this. <laughs> I have to edit. I so, need a video editor on staff. That's what I need. What could be interesting is if we go to the new coffee and collectibles place on Victory. Yeah. If we set up and recorded there, but then we did unboxing and some of the old school. Yeah, yeah. But here we go. Once again, now Mike's breaking Pick down up, equipment, going. He I come up with ideas. He comes up with yep, ideas. That's why he shows right. up. He takes his sunglasses off. Right. He's, says, next week we're going in this park and that where, park where and I this sit? park. And I'm like, what? Do we have power? It's exhausting. Here, when we were doing the food truck fest, right? It's exhausting. Here was my favorite. We're doing the food truck fest. What, I, what did I do? He's. Are you going to bring the internet? Yeah, I go. Am I going to bring the internet? I want to go live. I go. Yeah, we're going to go on cellular. But I want it to work. I get. What type of internet do you think I was bringing? Even if I set up my own internet, it's got to have. It's coming <laughs> off cellular backbone. Do you think I'm calling Verizon and rolling in a fiber yeah. line and being like? <laughs> so did, yeah, no did, internet stands out. Did did the live 
No, it cut, cut out. It cut out. Oh, all, it did. It cutting out. So I was, I I was at told it. they had great... your expertise to make sure that didn't happen. Yes, very expensive. I could have had fiber brought out. We would, yeah, yeah. do whatever you want. Yeah, we, yeah. For the podcast, we're like, making all this money you, off. Of. Are you bringing the internet? Yeah, yeah. I'm bringing big. We're rolling in the trucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care why it's funny. And it worked. It worked. Listen, it worked anyway. It was fun. It goes back to the learning. It goes back to the learning curve. It's all been a learning curve, and I think we've come a long way. And I think it's funny because there's actually, I'll give you an example. So Vinny Zeppeli, you guys were at the feast. I don't know if Vinny, I don't know. You probably don't. don't. But so Vinny Zeppeli, of all people, he's a fantastic guy. Him and his wife, Tracy, they were at my wedding. I've known them for 10 years. And I didn't say a word to them about anything because I don't really say anything about the podcast. Like it's not in the top tip of my tongue. And his daughter was like, what are you doing with that stupid podcast? I'm watching that. What are you doing? But the fact that they're, <laughs> but the fact that they're watching it. So I, I could care less that she said it was stupid. Like that's not the point. The point is that someone who I see physically like three times a year because they're only at events. I talk to them all the time, but actually said to me, "What are you doing with that podcast?" Like she tried to sell me the trailer and said we could retrofit the gyro trailer to be a mobile M squared studio. But it's just interesting to see that even. Could you do that? It goes. Yeah. Now, they live in Florida and they live in Long Island. So it's interesting to see that they even commented and watched and saw. So we had to come a long way because I don't think they watched episode one or two, whatever they were watching. But it's getting out there and people are watching it. And when yeah. I was on Scott's show, I said to him, it's not like people are like at ShopRite, hey, rap, M squared. You were but great in that episode, by the way. I look great. That you didn't look great. You oh. sounded great. I always you great. never look great. He said he <laughs> I always look great. great. No, it was, the episode was great. You did great. I you did my, a very good job. My one Thank eye I appreciate that. My one eye is bigger than the other. And I'm the more photos and video I'm seeing, I'm noticing it and it really bothers me. There's a lot of other things. And wrong I think people. I need surgery. We can have a whole episode. You have an eye one eye. Uh, now I'm not gonna unsee that. Yeah, you too though. Like you just looked at me, I saw it to you too. I right, pull it back. So <laughs> Scott said basically, I was like, it's like someone we're in shop right and someone's like, Oh, you're on M squared. The other unfortunate reality, what he said, is true. A lot of people just know us anyway. So they're not really associating us with this. They just know us to begin with. Yes. But he said that in his situation, he had gotten approached by people he didn't know outside of his circle at a baseball game, right? His kid's softball game. And they told him that they watched one of his episodes and it actually helped form a decision in something they did. And he said, that's the reason why he's doing it. He goes, that one kid... And that one parent that actually watched it and listened, he goes, it's not about the money, it's not about anything, it's not about fame, it's not about likes. He's like, Someone took the time to listen to what I had to say and thought it was valuable, implemented it and changed a decision they made. And I thought that was really powerful. I've never had a situation like that that I could think of. But if someone walked up to you and said that, I think that'd be pretty powerful. It was interesting to hear him say that. Uh, it's amazing. And he gets drinks bought for him at the Jersey Shore. All they the time. Sing well, one Dan, but Dan is a celebrity in his own right. That's different, right? Because he's he wears 22 hats and he's on 52 different live streams and vlogs and podcasts. We're not. It, but it's true, though, because you know a lot of people, so people watch. And then even right. when I was at the fest, people are like, oh, Mike, I watched the podcast. And I have no idea who they are. I'm right. like, oh, thanks. Yeah. Because they're your friends and they watch. But, but, and right, now but they, either way, in other words, it's interesting to see that people you would never think watch. even paid attention. And like, then How many episodes you did? 150 of the live? Yeah. Maybe I watched one. That's I'm a very good friend really? of yours because who cares? And then we had people that were on every episode. Literally in the comments, people and friendships were bond formed out of those stupid shows. And stupid, but fun. Meaningful. Yeah, meaningful. Kind. Kept uh, you sane. Go, oh, kept me sane. However, kind of. when I look back on that, there was so much I could have been doing on my business. That was the time to be... In my house, working on workflows and different things. And instead, I spent every day, all day, on breakfast with Bloomy, midday with Moss, got them after dark. Better than drinking during Listen, the day. Yes. Yeah, it was a weird time. So, <laughs> it was like, for real, there was people were trapped in their houses. People were drinking nonstop. Drizzly was at my door every day. Yep, me too. Do you remember when last week... He thought it was coming back, but not COVID. The smoke of 2023. I the smog. <laughs> I still don't know why smog. you thought we were canceling the food truck event. <laughs> I can't believe you're going on with this. Yeah. We got 50 grand in infrastructure and people coming in. I got, what, what do you want me to do? I didn't say I can't believe you're going. I asked if you <laughs> Yes, you did. <laughs> what are you talking about? I was just making you were sure like, you're really? okay. I'm like, I was yeah. making sure you're yeah. okay. Seriously? Yeah, seriously. We're going. <laughs> you sure? Yeah. Then he was texting me, oh, it's going to be like this all summer. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's supposed to be coming back. The, Are the you Advance kidding me? wrote the article that scared the island. That's what happened. Yeah. Sorry, Advance. It's supposed to be did. coming back. 
hopefully said, it's supposed to be Tokel said it'll be here all summer. Advance well, SI Live the, but above then the, the fold. But then when that's, you read that article, right? And the article that's says... That's the problem. No one reads the article. Right, but then they when read you the read... They read the headline. And 100%. And that's what we talk about. Speaking sound bites. Right, that's it. When you actually read the article and got down to three quarters of the way through, <clears throat> it spoke about how these Canadian wildfires happen every year. And they hit their peak in July. So then I'm like, all right, if they hit the peak in July and we've never had this smog before, we'll be all right. We should hopefully be all right. Yes, wherever it's burning at that moment was enough to get here, but hopefully, I'm hoping we're going to be all right. It actually was detrimental at one point. And I started to think about what Dan said. I told you, we were out there building something, whatever we were doing that Thursday. I don't know if Prado was there that day. You can smell were the you? fire. When we were oh, doing it's Christ. And my face was tingling. Yeah. I think so. I had to say it to Prado then because like, we, were, we were out there doing something. I was like, you know what? My, my face is tingling. Like, maybe, maybe there is something to this. Oh, Jimmy from my office got home, went home, and was in his backyard for four hours enduring the just orange glow. He goes, oh, whatever. It's just smoke. Yeah. Cleaning his backyard. Like, I literally got home and I yell over the fence because we live in the, with Jimmy's neighbors. Blowing rings. What are you doing? I'm Jimmy. like, go inside. And he's, it's fine. It's nothing. And just yesterday, he was telling me, ever since that, he's having, he's coughing. He's having a hard time breathing. I said, you were outside for four hours, and what they told you was the most unhealthy time in the smog. <laughs> in smog, I say, Jimmy. They like I think anything under a hundred, anything under a hundred is considered yeah. safe, right? Hundred fifty is unhealthy. I'm like, out of five hundred, was four sixty something, and you were outside washing your concrete pavers. Okay, talking about the internet. Out of all of that happened with the orange sky and clouds, what was the favorite meme? From the that? Godzilla by the Empire yeah, State I like Building. The Godzilla. Godzilla wins. Godzilla <laughs> on the internet that day. There's a couple other funny ones that existed. Oh, oh, Shaolin's funny guy did the one with the, uh, the tomato and looking through the dirty Tupperware. Yes. Oh, that, that was, was funny. Yeah. The, the sauce stained right, Tupperware. The sauce Tupperware. And then Victor Begatago. Do you watch him? He had the video of him. It's just another day. Oh, no, day. I didn't see that. And I there's literally, it. He, it looked like he had a, a fire going. There was just smoke. He's like out there. And he's just, oh, the smog's back. <laughs> <laughs> just smoke. Meanwhile, it's like that every day in India, right? Apparently. Okay. Like, yeah, if they, you read, like I actually did a little reading, and that's what they live with every day. Q imagine that. And there's bad but, air quality out there. It's just, it's. We're, and the it's orange weird. people, like, oh, is that the fire we're seeing? The orange? No, it's not the fire. It's that smog and the material that was burning in the smoke. The, when the sun comes through, right, waves are based on, like, the sky is blue because of the wavelengths removed, looks blue. Those particles were removing the wavelengths to make it glow orange. It's not where, he you're learned, not seeing the fire. He learned that when he was getting his master's. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be in the textbook right either Thank way. You. I always joke around and tell my wife that my kid's going to read some really funny textbooks when he's in college or high school, whatever it is, because it's going to say that <laughs> the people who lived on the largest landfill on the globe complained about the smoke in the air <laughs> in the month of June. So it doesn't make a difference. We're in the middle. We're, we're, we're living where we're living. It's a little yeah. smog. Who cares? A little smog. Guys like Dan were getting all crazy and rowdy about it. It's all right. I just, I cared about you guys. I want to make sure you're okay. And I'm on Noodle Plane. It's terrible. I can't see. Who is this? The truth came, <laughs> the truth came out, though. Is that you, Dan? The truth came out. Like It's the burning next my day, nose hairs. We know what he wanted. He was trying to go to Woodlock. And he should have just said that. We would have let him go. He was just trying to cancel so he could go away. in the equation would've until the next go. day. Would have let him go, Carrie. Just so you know, we would have let your husband go. Woodlock wasn't in the if equation just until the next it. day. And we had Finn's football game at sa- on Saturday morning. Oh, that was okay. They're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> what? They're going to the Super Bowl. Oh, that's awesome. Finn's team. You're wow. the coach? Yeah. Saturday morning. Seems like it's he fixed. He paid somebody off. Seems like it's fixed. Where's this going? I don't know. We got to start wrapping up. Come on. Are we done? We got to stop. We're not done. Two minutes. Oh, minutes. yeah, we are done. We are? So We've been going for an hour. We did an hour. Exactly. Probably an hour and 30. Yeah, poor Prado. Thank yeah. God we don't pay him by the hour. I wouldn't be able to afford him. Thank God. So what did we learn? Let's wrap it up. Mike? <laughs> this sucks and we're done. No. So I, no, we've learned do. that, again, we talk about consistency and practice makes perfect, right? The more we do this, the better we're getting at it. It's a lot of work, but community. anyone could do a podcast. Community, we talk about that. Give backs. We're, I'm waiting for my give back. That's we're a waiting kick, that's a kick back if you're looking for uh, sponsorships. We're, we're taking sponsorship opportunities. And no, I do want to just say today I released my new book. 
Congratulations. Oh, I forgot to even yeah. talk about that. Let's talk about it. Let's so, end well, on we, that. No, we, we don't have to talk about it. We're, We're talking about another. It's available on Amazon. We'll put the link below. I am one of 11 authors. When I do books, I don't write the books myself. I do We're co-authors. So it's... But you say that as though you didn't write it. You wrote it. I wrote so, my okay. chapter right. of a book, right? 11 co-authors get together on a single topic. I'm so still th- mad you didn't let me be the co-author on the first one, but we'll talk about that. We can time. talk about that off air. I was pissed at you. Do you remember how pissed I was? Yeah, I didn't think... I'm still adamantly mad about it. Right, we'll it's redo fine. another Staten Island book. I'll tell you that story later. You want to write a book together? No, it's just... I, I should have been the first person called and someone else was invited Raps to right. be... Someone else was invited to be the participant, and Raps now it's just funny. Two. We'll do a new book. He doesn't want to be Cyber Attack Prevention is mm-hmm. the name of the book, and there's 11 IT professionals who got together and we drove a chapter on how different topics of cyber attack prevention. Why are you, why you laughing at <laughs> 11 of us got together to make the world's most boring book. <laughs> and it'll be a bestseller on Amazon tomorrow, <laughs> so watch it. Yeah, it's going to be a bestseller. That's the, the goal. The last book you wrote, I bought like le- a box of them. I still I have my why, office. I don't know why you bought my friend. I appreciate them. Don't, don't buy a box. I don't know. I bought them. Yeah, it's my... This will, if I, if you got to stop using your communion picture, though. People know <laughs> what you look like, bro. You don't look like that. <laughs> No, that's not it. Where is it? <laughs> it's not in here. Where is that? The picture. The, I know it's you're It's the picture of you wearing like... Uh, your, your neck looks skinny and your head looks you, like you were like 18. a big suit. It's not 18. 22? No, it's three years ago. That is such a lie. It's that not. Said one. Okay. I will go and show you the war I'll ask Nicole. Ask She'll my wife. Me. It's not that. I look good. Thanks. But if it is a bestseller, it will be the fourth time I'm a bestseller. The fourth bestseller. Yes. See? Look at this guy. There you go. That's why I love the for a college For a college dropout. And someone who uh, got a 440 on my verbal SATs. There you go. Good job. At least you don't think highly of yourself. No, I don't. Very modest, very humble you are. Not really. I, I don't know. People well, say I'm not humble, but I think I'm humble. Tell us where to get the book anyway. Forget about the next episode. Where would you buy it? What's the name of it? Cyber Attack Preventions. Yep. Amazon. Cyber we'll throw a link prevention. below. So now is that was that title created because of SEO value or because of the sheer boring nature of how it sounds? <laughs> Because SEO value, I could see it, right? You're Googling S- it and you're SEO like... SEO value. Very smart. This book is geared towards co-managed IT, which is... Managed IT is when we take over infrastructure. He fell asleep. Co-managed is when we help enterprise IT departments. We help them to become the superheroes where we're just the sidekicks. So, so it's co- like swingers versus regular married couples. Sure. I don't know how that goes together, Where but that seems right. Like? And he at least woke up now. So I there figured we go. Try to get that him he woke up on. If anyone, I saw the red Adirondacks outside. If anyone's so. listening, I was like, maybe let's get him at this. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. So, Dan Ryan, what did we learn? I'm going to ask you the question. What have you learned on this experience? So, I think that overall. He's a swinger. I think hey, overall that. Hey, like, now. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> I think overall that. Like, he laughed a little too quick on that one. Let the, wait, let the laughing pass so we can add this. So I think I'm in agreement with you. We've met some of the great community leaders here in New York, and we're starting to get a couple other people interested in coming in. Being able to watch this thing grow has been a lot of fun, but it's all been built around letting people communicate their stories and get out there, tell their stories. What's unique? What's their brand? How did they do it? And where did the concept come from? So it's an interesting take and journey on being that entrepreneur, being that business leader, and and how they got there. And it's I think there's... There has been consistency, like you've brought up many times, there's been consistency in what little things and givebacks and doing things in the community have helped build that brand, and that's what's unique about this island. So it's been fun. I think what we do a good job of is, and obviously this episode doesn't count because we're just all talking about how great all of us are, but (laughs) in general, I think we do something that a lot of people don't, and maybe not a lot of people, but a good number of people don't, whether they're business owners or podcasters or TV anchors or journalists or whatever. They don't, to Dan's point, they don't let the person on the other side of the question or on the other side of the microphone talk enough about what they want to talk about. We, I feel like we don't really have an end game. So by us not having an agenda, every time we sit down with the new guest, not having an agenda actually helps us be better at what we're doing because we're genuinely interested in what the guest has to say. We want to hear everything that they're going to tell us. We want to hear about how they're cooking with the grandma. We want to hear about how your buddy was at that cool party with Snoop Dogg at Datto. Like giving them the platform and focusing all of our attention on them, I think makes us more successful because it's not about us. 
we're not promoting ourselves. We're promoting everything that they're doing. And I think that's what makes it interesting and what makes the guests feel more comfortable. So I think that's one of the good things we do well. Even though we have a lot to say about ourselves, I think we listen well. And I think listening is hands down one of the hardest things to do, right? Especially in an environment like this where you're trying to come up with what's next. So as people are speaking, you're not actually listening to them at times because, and this is like a human issue. It's not an issue with us. I think we, we listen well. And I think that's why the, the communication is interesting. But if you don't listen well, you're never going to actually get to engage with that person or have that genuine moment or find out what's really important to them. If you're looking to come up with the next question or the next thing to say while they're speaking. Mike Bloomfield. It makes it harder to really understand them and figure out what, what's important to that person somehow. Yeah. They, right? If speaking of sound bikes, right, you could talk yourself out of a sale. Right. And that's one thing that a lot of people don't understand. We're all, as though we're not salesy, we're always selling. You're always selling yourself. And they say that when you're sitting with a, a prospect, you're sitting with someone, you're going to maybe be a client. Don't talk yourself out of the sale. Right. Shut up and listen. Right. They're going to sell it to themselves. Right. People want to be educated. No one wants to be sold. And I think... In my business anyway, I've always been used to break my chops and you not so much, but my whole business is built on no one knowing who I am or who my people are. I think you do it too. I think and I think it's a it's great method, about, it's but it's, client, right? I think a little too extreme. But it's worked, right? Because it, right. it doesn't... You're exclusive. Who cares about my brand if what we're doing is for the client? No, I, I hear so you. So if we're at a client event, food truck festival at the Mount, it's not my event. Right? It's Catholic Charities of Staten Island event. Correct. No one needs to know my name. No one. There's not one person who goes to that event that doesn't know me that has to know we produced it. Because it doesn't matter. As long as at the end of the day, the money was it's raised for charity. It's a great event for Catholic Charities. And the client is exceptionally happy and the people were safe and the vendors were safe. And to anything, that's how we've always operated. I don't know if it's good or bad, but that's why this is interesting for me because I'm in front. I'm always behind. I'm behind telling them what to say speaking sound bites. Now I'm sitting here trying to talk and promote or talk about things, but it's interesting to be on this side because now it gives me more value as to what to tell clients to say because I've never really been on this side. So who the hell was I to tell them in, in actuality? I'm telling them what to say and what to do, but I've never really been on this side of the mic or the camera. So just because you could tell somebody to know, you could know what to tell people without actually being good on the other side of it. True. Just, have, you could have a good ear for something. You could have a taste for something. You could have, right. Just there's the people who write music who aren't the ones who ever sing it. They write for all the famous pop stars, and you never know who they are. Niles Rogers. He's that? the most. He's the most famous person. He's written every song you've ever heard. Ekmas. He'll tell you. I probably. It's has. a whole. It's never heard of the guy. Right. He's literally written everything you've ever heard in pop culture. Who was the other one? Sia. Right. S I A. She wrote like all the pop songs, but then finally. She wanted to come out in the light, and she came out, and I think she wrote Katy Perry songs, like all these, and realized, like, why am I writing songs for people? I, well, let me write them for myself. Right, let me sing. So here you are. On that note, I got to get to I'm New Door Plain. Go oh, he's got the small. He's got to go to New Door Plain so he could, you know, he's, he can't breathe. Oh. So anyhow, it, interesting it. episode. Time to wrap it up. Mike Bloomfield, Techie Geek. Anthony Rapachulo, PR Cision. That's a wrap. I'm Dan Ryan. Peace. That's a wrap. Three companies disrupting what you know about marketing and branding. Welcome to M Squared.